Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Bigelow and Mongo as a match underneath. <laughs> you laugh! Hey, I'm ready. Right foot back. <laughs> Begins with a U. It ends with an A. Has a meal dish up there. Monday Night Raw, number one. All right. Welcome, everyone, for the last time in 2020 to the Cultaholic Classic Raw review as the other Cultaholic lads are decking their halls with bollocks of holly. We are here via our Pro powered DeLorean uh, heading towards uh, the most wonderful time of the year that is WrestleMania 11. And who be we? I be, I know, right? I be fake Jordy, radio presenter with that portfolio, former Cultaholic heavyweight champion on the good list this year, Tom Campbell. And I am with the bear in the big blue bar cage, the head pen of Cultaholic. He does not need a pencil because he gets it right every single time. Santa told me himself, he is Justin Henry and he is from out of off of America. Ho, ho, ho. Hose toe cubed to you, my friend. Are you in the festive mood? Ah, festive enough for two weeks out from Christmas. I got all my shopping done, so I'm feeling good. Are you ready for uh, Christmas? Are you all shopped and done and everything? I'll shop, just have to wrap some stuff and just finish a few work obligations, and then I can enjoy the rest of 2020 without any sort of stress or obligation. Oh, mate, isn't it a treat? I'm, I'm, I'm pumped because 21st, uh, behind the curtain, 21st of December, I break up for the year. And that's that's it. Then no cultaholic, nothing until January. And I mean, you mean you won't now. That's just me personally. You won't notice that we're gone because even though this is the last episode of the classic Raw review, you will hear Justin Henry's voice. Get this on Monday. You'll hear our boy Justin, and you'll hear our boy Matthew Gregg. In fact, from Monday we begin the cultaholic watch alongmas. Over the next 12 days, from Monday till Christmas Day, you will get a different, awful wrestling match to watch along with. From either myself, Justin and Matthew, or myself, Matthew and a mystery third, or Justin Henry and a mystery third. Some wonderful special guests from across our time uh, of the classic Raw and Smackdown reviews will be joining us to watch some awful wrestling. Are you ready for another year building up to Christmas with terrible wrestling, sir? It's almost as intriguing as it sounds. (laughs) Almost as intriguing as it sounds. Now, you say you finished your Christmas shopping. Yes, sir. I am yet to finish mine, but... I have a little present for you, Justin Henry. Oh, dear. 
which Justin genuinely has no idea about, which is why I was asking you if you were able to watch something for me. Okay, let her rip. Merry Christmas, Justin. For Mr. Technical, Barry Horowitz, and your good friend, Tom. I want you to know Tom really appreciates your friendship, and I really appreciate you as a fan liking me, liking my wrestling style. I hope you have a great Christmas. And I heard you were a huge Eagles fan. So you know what that means at every game? Not only pat yourself on the back, but say, Fly, Eagle, fly. From Mr. Technical, Barry Horowitz. Because at the end of the day, when everything's done, the smoke is clear at Lincoln Financial Field, we're not going to say, Fly, Eagle, fly, although we can. We're going to say, I'm Mr. Technical, and you're not. Barry Horowitz! <laughs> I'm not sure how that would go in an Eagles game with, uh, you know, like, like, hey, good job on the win, boys. I'm Mr. Technical. I but yes, uh, they should try it. <laughs> well, Tom, I do appreciate that, uh, that very lovely gift you got me, and I appreciate Mr. Horowitz, long and underrated professional wrestler, taking time out to uh, do that little cameo video for me here. Very much. Mo- that was, mate, that's some of the best money I've spent this Christmas. That's some of the best money you spent this Christmas. I hate to see what you got everybody else. Oh, well, Alex has done terribly. That's the best present I've bought so far this year. All my money's gone on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the budget's been spent on you. The budget's been spent on Horowitz. So I hope you appreciate that. He's not cheap, is Barry. He's, He's not. busy. He's not cheap. He's <laughs> I paid 30 quid a word. Alex, Tom is out of his league and he knows it. With me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows. Right. Merry Christmas, Justin. I appreciate the, the return insult after I got Barry Horowitz <laughs> to wish you and the Eagles happy Christmas. What is it with you and getting Barry's to talk to people? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm just a big fan of Barry's in wrestling. Barry's the intermediary between us. He really is, mate. He, <laughs> from now on, I'll only talk to you through Barry Horowitz. He's the Ortiz to your MJF and my Sammy. <laughs> Yes, AEW, where are you? Book that. Get Barry in. <laughs> the inner circle jerks. <laughs> you can't John. pat yourself. John! John! You can't pat yourself on the back when you're circle jerking. Make sure make sure Harvard is armed with a, with a blackjack. <laughs> or, um, I'm sorry, a mad ball. A mad ball. A mad ball. <laughs> So we're into the last episode of the Raw Review for the year. It's a weird episode of Raw this week, isn't it, Justin? Uh, yes, it is a. It is literally a one-match show. Literally a one-match show, because the rest of it is all just WrestleMania 11 hype. But you know what? If we graded this, if, like, if we graded every Raw on the average match rating, this might be the greatest Raw of all time. I think so. On a curve, this is in ring the best of the year. Because there are no jobber matches that bring down the rating of the main event in terms in terms of average. Because literally, it's just one match. You know what it's like? It's like when you were in school. I want you to think back now, because this is a long time ago for both of us. Mm-hmm. Grade school, I'm talking primary school, whatever you call it. That last day before Christmas break. When you're not learning anything, the teacher's just putting on movies. Maybe you had a classroom party. And it's like you're at school, but there's no stress. There's no worry about a test or a quiz. There's you, Because you know that in just a matter of hours, minutes, whatever, you get to go home and you're off for two weeks. And this is just like this little staging area en route to the vacation. 
that's what this role is like in a sense because there's not much to unpack here i feel like i should have brought the sega genesis so we could talk about raw and then play sonic the hedgehog 2 for a bit <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that <laughs> we will get into this week's monday night raw justin will talk us through whatever there is uh but we'll have a little but there is some stuff happening in the wrestling world so there is stuff to talk about this week on the podcast so let's take a look at uh, the how the world lay uh, on this date the 27th of march 1995 madonna's take a bow still with a death clutch on the top of the U.S. What is wrong with you people? Music chart. Madonna's been there for weeks at the moment. Weeks. But Celine Dion, who's been top with Think Twice for about five weeks, she's off the top of the charts now because the Out Here brothers are here with Don't Stop Wiggle Wiggle. Huh? <laughs> Don't Stop Moving, Baby. All that moving drives me crazy. It was a dance classic. Okay. <laughs> that that entire sentence. What the hell are you talking about? Don't stop moving, baby. All that moving drive me crazy. The what brothers? <laughs> the out here brothers. All... <laughs> I love Spell how this that. this <laughs> out a o u t here h e r e brothers b r o t h e r s. They're from Chicago. They're uh, they're they're two brothers, <laughs> Keith oh, and the... Lamar. Oh. The Out Here Brothers. I say like the Alt Here, like it's a French name. I'll say the Out Here Brothers. Oh, was I not pro okay, so, overpronouncing the T, maybe? You know, actually, I'm glad that was number one because there are other single from that time period <laughs> we can't read on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was very... But Don't Stop Wiggle Wiggle had an adult version. I remember on the, on the B side, it was the same song, but it was just full of dirty lyrics. So, like, they were desperate to, to, to get some filth into the ears. And this is the song that knocks Celine Dion off number one. Good. <laughs> in, the uh, in the video game the, world... The album was... Oh, go on. So the album was called One Polish, Two Biscuits, and a Fish Sandwich, which is, which is all right by me. <laughs> it sounds like my Christmas dinner this year. Um, Mega, Mega, Mega Man 7 was out for the Super Nintendo in I'm, this week I'm as well. I was happy the other song wasn't your wasn't your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's dessert. Um, <laughs> um, Mega Man Seven came out for the SNES, the Super Nintendo. Did you play the Mega Man games, Justin? I did not have Super Nintendo, and nor was I a big Mega Man fan. I was more just in like sporty games and Mario when I was younger. You were a Madden kid, weren't you? Yes, it was from a very early age. That hasn't changed. The, the on this very day in the in the movie world, March twenty seventh, it was the sixty seventh Academy Awards, and this is a great year for movie. Oh, ninety four is like the year of the film. Really was. I mean, I mean, I mean, check this out, right? The the nominees for for movie of the year: The Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Four Weddings and a Funeral, and the overall winner, Forrest Gump. Jeez, that's, that's a great that's day of watching movies, isn't it? That's a good movie day. I know, that's insane. I'm, go I'm going through the awards right now myself. You, you also didn't mention Quiz Show, which is another great movie nominated for Best Picture. Oh, yes, Robert Redford, Quiz Show. Yes, I forgot that one. Mm -hmm. uh, in the acting world, like the, the, the best actor, this, is a, this was a surprise again, because knowing how, how impactful these films are, uh, the nominees for Best Actor was uh, Gary Sinise, who was uh, Lieutenant Dane in Forrest Gump. Paul Schofield, who was... Uh, that was his Ma best supporting. 
Oh, best supporting, sorry, yeah, best sorry. supporting actor. Best supporting actor. Yes. My apologies, Gary Sinise, who's who's Lieutenant Dane in Forrest Gump. Uh, Mark Van Doren, who was in Quiz Show, uh, played by Paul Schofield. Uh, Bullets over Broadway. Uh, Chaz Palminteri. I don't know him so well. Um, Chaz Palminteri. That's the one. Thank you, sir. Uh, Samuel L. Samuel L. Jackson was in there for, in the running for, in Pulp Fiction, and but the winner, oh. uh, Edward as Bella Lugosi, yeah. <laughs> Martin Landau. No. Martin. Martin Landau's Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood. That's one of my one of him and him and Samuel Jackson, Jules Winfield, two of the most quotable roles in movie history. Incredible, incredible. I, uh, I quote, I quote both incessantly. Uh, the Big Daddy Awards: uh, Forrest Gump winning Best Picture, as we say. Tom Hanks winning Best Actor. Jessica Lange winning Best Actress. And lots of musical love for The Lion King. Hans Zimmer uh, picking up the award for Best Soundtrack. And can you feel the love tonight? Being Best Original Song by Elton John. Yeah, this was a, a very stacked award show. Christ, it was, wasn't it? It was so stacked. I can't get over this. Uh, but anyway, but we turn our eyes and ears to the wrestling world. Um, Razor Ramon becomes a champion. It's what we've got in the yeah. Observer. This is something that went down a week or two ago, but Dave only picks up on it uh, in this Observer. Uh, the USWA United, sorry, USWA Unified Championship changing hands. Bill Dundee dropping it to Razor Ramon. So Ramon, whilst he was doing his thing in the WWF, was a champion in the USWA. <sighs> well, if you want to call it the acquisition of gold, I guess you can technically. But at this point, USWA is, uh, I don't know, it's kind of lost its thrill, I think. How do we go from talking about Ed Wood to talking about USWA? <laughs> but it's, but you wouldn't hear of something like that really now. Obviously, like Kenny Omega turning up in Impact with the AEW Championship is one thing, but then like Razor Ramon, a mainstay of WWF in USWA. Trying to picture Razor Ramon doing the um, you know, Kenny Omega sign off. Actually, I, I can I can almost see it. <laughs> Thank you, Chico, and good night. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Chico, it's throwing Chico afterwards. <laughs> By the way, speaking of film, just go back, just go back real fast. Uh, it, it it is interesting how this lines up in real life with the shows we're watching, because um, unfortunately, as, as as you reported on the news Friday morning, uh, Tom Tiny Lister, the man who played Zeus in No Holds Barred, has passed away on Thursday at the age of sixty two. Uh, one month after this. Friday comes out. Oh, that's fortuitous timing, is it not? Uh, somewhat fortuitous timing. All, all I can think of now is him giving an uppercut to DJ Pooh, <laughs> tries to get his bike back. This is him flying across the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> iconic movie scenery with uh, with <laughs> Tiny Lister. I won't give you my money. You lost. I, you what? I lost. <laughs> Poor Chris Tucker. <laughs> Now, Justin, help me out with this uh, from the wrestling world, because reading this in The Observer, it mm -hmm. sounds to me, well, I'm going to read it verbatim and then we're going to pick it apart. Um, it appears the Four Horsemen is a dead idea. Last week, Flair and Hogan had a meeting. Flair proposed a foursome of himself, Kurt Hennig and the Road Warriors. Hogan proposed a foursome of himself, Flair, Randy Savage, and Sting. Anyway, after all the proposals, the idea is dead again with the June pay-per-view now looking like Flair versus Savage with them trying to get Elizabeth involved in some way and then Road Warriors facing Harlem Heat and the Steiners facing the Nasty Boys. Did Hogan try and get into the Horsemen? I have literally never heard of this. This is a... Uh, 
I can tell if it's like a candid camera prank on your behalf or if the observers report something that I've literally never heard before in my life. I promise you, this is something that I have taken from the Wrestling Observer. This is something this is something that I lifted and read verbatim from the Observer. The idea of Hogan positioning himself to be in the horseman. Can you imagine Hogan as the leader and he relegates he relegates like like Flair Savage and Sing to being like his underlings? The Arn Tully and Barry. Oh God. <laughs> I mean it wouldn't oh. shock me. <laughs> they would have hated him even more. God. What, whatever you say, Hawk. Woo. <laughs> um, from uh, that's that that we'll let that simmer for now. Uh, some news from WCW TV. No more foreign objects can be shown being used on television except movie stunt chairs. <laughs> what a wonderful company! It really this is this is an incredible time for WCW that G just seems to be as everything is progressing. They just keep putting the stoppers on on random stuff like this. I can't believe that in six months this was the hottest show on TV. Progressing wise, we're anyway. not that far off, are we? From the birth of Nitro, that's the bit that blows my mind. It feels like two different eras. It really does. It really does. So yeah, so this was so this happened. Then this is a legit thing. This is. WCW saying no more foreign objects. Did you watch much WCW at this point? Not a whole lot at this time. I was kind of like just, I mean, I watched some WWF, some like very little WCW. I was mostly in ECW at this point. And I think it's pretty clear why in hindsight, because even as a dumb 11 year old kid, I still had some taste. <laughs> and I wanted to watch something that was more like, I mean, at this point I was watching Simpsons and Seinfeld. Married with children, friends, you know, stuff that was more adult oriented. So you can see why I was kind of pulling away from the kid like wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah, it was. It was a. It wasn't. They weren't reading the room that well. In order to go, mm. we're gonna we're gonna dig a little bit deeper into uh, into this part of the world. Um, moving over to the WWF side of things, uh, Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor were on Howard Stern. The day after this episode of Raw Air. Oh, but this went well. Yeah, well, this is the thing. According to Meltzer, they were on for about 45 minutes. Bam Bam Bigelow insisting that nobody was going to tell him to lose the match. Stern, normally a pro wrestling hater, put the deal over and even said he was going to order the pay-per-view. Oh, so he was one of the 17. <laughs> it was his money that, that pushed it to 17 buys overall. Weird turn of... Uh, we're weird about turn for Howard Stern, who was was very vocal about the press conference. But then when when confronted with Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor, I've kind of put the idea over a bit more. He was afraid that LT and Bigelow were going to beat him up. Do you reckon? I mean, if it if it's those two versus Stern and Baba Bowie, I'm my money's on the football player and the wrestler. More than likely. Uh, the, the locker room within WWF, uh, not as kind as Howard Stern was. Bitterness already in the WWF locker room, says Dave Meltzer, over the Taylor deal. Because some actually believe that $1 million plus points figure. But more so the feeling that other football players who basically didn't do much but stand in the corner are going to get more money than the wrestlers will. So there's some talk that there's going to be some big money being made by wrestler by by footballers uh, that then wrestlers aren't going to get a look in. First of all, let me just say that Mongo deserves to make more money than everybody else in that locker room, <laughs> so they should just shut the hell up. Mongo, Mongo gets but, all my money. <laughs> as he should. But 
you know, it's the whole deal of, of that cliche, you know, a rising tide floats all boats. You would think that they would try to benefit from, I mean, I mean the idea is to benefit off the publicity that Lawrence Taylor is garnering for this appearance. And you'd think that it'd be like a long-term investment. Like, yeah, Chris Spielman's going to make more than you today, but, you know, down the line, if we if we can get you know, stronger footholds, we'll all make more money. It didn't work out that way, but that was kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. It was... Um... It was a bit of a gamble by the dub dub F. Uh, we'll see how that money plays out and how this all plays out from post WrestleMania. The next podcast that we do, the first one back in January, is going to be the Cultaholic Classic WrestleMania 11 watch along. So we'll talk more about Mania 11 in its entirety when we're back in the new year. But let us turn to Justin Henry, who is going to talk us through this week's episode, a truncated episode of Monday Night Raw. Other than the one match, what is there really to <laughs> recap with? I mean, I took notes. Let's go through the notes, because I took a couple of notes as well. But not as copious as usual. Um, we start with some recent history between Owen and Brett, namely the Survivor Series screw job of Brett, not that one, this one. <laughs> um, plus Owen costing Brett the world title at uh, at the Rumble in '95. So tonight they're going to face off in a no holds barred match because we'd rather have that match here than on WrestleMania for some reason. Which is ridiculous. That would have been a marquee WrestleMania match, but for whatever reason they went, no, we want it on free television. Well, the one thing I could figure is they wanted to have Owen's title win be at Mania. That's like the one justification in the world, which I get. Uh, so our, our hosts for this are Monsoon and JR, or as I wrote here by accident, Moonsoon and JR. Let me fix that, even though it's not important. <laughs> Sorry, Gorilla Moonsoon. <laughs> yeah, Monsoon and JR are, at, are in front of the green screen, but albeit it's the superstars green screen where they're at least away from the ring, so it doesn't look as obvious. As when Vince and Sean are on camera in front of, you know, ten feet away from the crowd, apparently. It uh, looks a bit more, yeah. It looks legit. It looks like a big. It looks like a big setup this week, like in a big arena. They're far away from the ring. So far, I think they're just spaced out so far that it makes the arena seem bigger by comparison. It's probably what it is. It's probably what Vince and Sean should have done all those other times. It's just use that screen for like the. Uh, like, we're at Raw. Like, if you ignore the walls, there's 70,000 here. <laughs> so it, it's this bizarre simulcast where Monsoon and JR are, quote-unquote, in the arena, whereas Vince and Todd are at the studios in Stanford host, hosting, like, the um, basically the previous segments for WrestleMania. So they jump back and forth at different points. Monsoon doesn't know Pentangill's last name. Good for him. Um, I like that because those are two pre-reg bits at very different times, weren't they? And they they made a plan to get a joke in and they delivered it. I I applaud that. I'm okay with that. Todd runs down what we're going to see. And I will say, I make fun of Pentangiel a lot on the show, justifiably so. But when he's not being a ham, he's way better in this role of just being like the serious host. I mean, he's still playful. He's still, you know, he, but he's he's clearly comfortable in the role. He's a good speaker. He has he has a lot of positive qualities, and when he's not trying too hard to be, you know, imitation Jim Carrey or whatever, he's fine. Like I'd rather listen to him than say Tom Phillips. There is something, yeah. When he's, as you say, when Todd is is playing it down a bit, then he is a much 
better orator than um, any that a lot of the modern day folk with the greatest respect to tom phillips i have to say he has a great voice Patton gill when he does voiceovers he's great he comes off natural smooth has, has a calm delivery a relaxed delivery it's, it's just when you force it that's that's when he's bad it's like i'll end up at this time in, in history the opie and anthony radio show is starting in new york city and for 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 people who listen to that show, and a lot of them hate Opie, and I understand why, Opie was at his worst when he tried too hard to be funny. When he like casually like threw in a line when he was relaxed, he was fine. When he was just like the, the, the regular laid-back host. But when he tried to be as funny as Anthony and Jim Norton, it's like, oh, God, dude, just stop. That's how I feel about Todd. Relaxed Todd, good. Trying too hard Todd, not so good. Agreed. Very much agreed. Of course, Todd does take a little shot at the World Series here. With all the baseball season, what would start up shortly after this? So get those jokes in while you can. We get our first video package hyping the world title match for WrestleMania between Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Should I just read off? I read through my notes here. Yeah, yeah, go go for it. And I'll, I've, got, I've got nothing to jump in at this point, but near the end of their chat about Michaels and Diesel, I do have something to ask. Okay, I, I don't want to read it verbatim because I'll sound like Granny from Brian and Vinny, and I don't want to uh, you know tread, tread upon her gimmick here. So basically the gist of it is um, Sean's fatal super kicks that keep missing keep hitting Diesel, and uh, that led to the breakup. We learned in this promo that Diesel has been solicited by sponsors everywhere. Name a few. <laughs> I dare um, you. Um, um, Slim Jim. Slim Jim's three Slim's more. Okay, Slim Jim, water. Worked. Water. He was drinking water at the at the okay. press conference. Um, and so, what was that that so event they went to so, that that conference they went to? Yes, I'm counting water as one without a shadow of a doubt. Um, with um, the was... sponsor Aquarius, <laughs> Aquafina, Neptune, God Aqu of the Sea, Aquapura, um, and he was also sponsored by. Diesel, the the the, the fuel. <laughs> doesn't doesn't AA sponsor count? That I th I think it will do at the end of this. <laughs> I'd be drinking heavily if I had to read these promos too. <laughs> we get a Sean Pam promo. Pam's disgust is great. Fresh footage from Sunday Night Slam where Sean and Sid interrupted the Diesel promo, and Sean says the heartbreak kid will go. Over. <laughs> that should have been his catchphrase, actually. And then Diesel responds, Over my dead body! With roughly that delivery. I so thought he was going to say... I, thought he was, I genuinely thought Diesel was going to go, um, Get over? I'm already over! That would have felt like a Kevin Nash <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm over enough. That's all that matters, Jack. Vince thinks I'm Hogan. So, you had a question about this video. Yes, I did indeed. So, Tom. at the end of this, they're talking away about the, about the build to WrestleMania, and they, and and Todd starts talking about Prodigy. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I count. I'm excited. Right. Okay. So, I, I, I'm asking because I don't, I, I don't know the answer to this, and I want to sort of pick your brains on it. So, he says, hey, you'll be able to watch WrestleMania or chat to WrestleMania fans on Prodigy, which is the internet service uh, that was uh, set up by um by Bob by Bob Ryder 
who we recently lost. He was one of the main people behind the prodigy movement in professional wrestling. In fact, he was working backstage at WrestleMania 11 to bring all this to life. So rest in peace, Bob Ryder. Thank you for your service. But one of the things that they talked about was you'll be able to go into a prodigy chat with WWF fans. And, and I'm quoting Todd. Watch a virtual reality match between Shawn Michaels and Diesel before WrestleMania. And then, and then Vince says, after the virtual match, you can watch the real match. So I am baffled. Is, is there, did Prodigy do like simulation matches? Or are they, are they taking something that is so, so simple, like, like a rand, like, like randomly generated text and making it into something bigger? I don't know. I just don't know. I'm hoping they just fired up TNN version 6.2 and just use that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh crap, we got to restart. It says your diesel no showed. All right, hang on, hang on, rebooting. <laughs> I, I miss TNN. I mean, I realize it's out now, but I miss my days of playing it as a teenager. I do 50 man rumble just to see who would win. Oh, oh look at that. So um, good. Glacier threw out uh, Ron Bass to win. <laughs> was that the one where like the, all the moves were pretty randomized as well because i seem to remember doing something on possibly tnm7 in which the rock won a steel cage match with a shooting star press i think i think moves are programmed for specific people so i mean it could happen with rocket win with like a body slam in the main event of wrestlemania could happen but yes a virtual reality match which i've known nothing about I have no idea how that turned out. I'm going to assume Diesel went over there, too. Um, the best part of this whole thing is when Vince goes to plug WrestleMania, and we cut the commercial abruptly. <laughs> Wonderful miscue there. We're off to a rip-roaring start. It's going very, very we well. Back. We come back. Stephanie Wine does a read for Twix. This is how desperate we are this week to, to fill out the 90-minute quote of this podcast where we're emphasising Stephanie Wyan does a read no. for Twix. <laughs> I, I, I just wrote it down. Figured out, I figured I'd read it. <laughs> we had clips from a salt and pepper recording session. They're going to serenade LT and then, they, and then they laugh. Then Vince says he hopes LT Bigelow lives up to the hype. That is not on camera Vince talking. That is promoter Vince talking. <laughs> and then he says, WWF always delivers. Always. Always delivers. What are you talking about? Of course it does. Hang on. Let me hang on. Let me get a toilet paper roll and hold one and then just drop it and say, well, here's the list of all the times where you haven't. And then just, you know, for comedy purposes, let it fall to the floor. Um, let's see. Luger's going to win the title. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> And so on and so forth. But this segues nicely into the Bigelow LT package. God, you're getting both main events out of the way early. That's kind of weird pacing. We, we get the barrage of agents and lawyers for LT because he can't talk for himself. <laughs> oh, the, the lawyers I are wrote, awful as well. Awful. Well, the one has great hair. He looks like um, has the receding hairline and, and the mullet and the mustache going. He looks... He looks like every, like, he looks like every relief pitcher from the 1980s. I wrote here, Tom's right. They should have gone with Mongo. 
I've written all caps. I'm right. Bunch of they should have gone with Mongo. He's the only one with any any actual beef to him when he talks. Everybody else kind of feels like they're forced. Well, this would be happy Chris Spielman didn't talk. This would be happy that Chris Spielman didn't talk more than he had to. Um, but I wrote a bunch of crazed dogs in all caps. Got to emphasize that. That's LT's catchphrase, apparently. <laughs> that, that's his, if you smell what the rock is cooking. We get the rundown of the all-pro team. As we see Reggie White in a rather understated shirt putting over his teammate. When I say understated, I mean the opposite. Chris Spielman cuts his very nervous promo, which is way better than his commentary today. God, I hate Spielman on commentary now. Um, he yells everything. He friggin' yells everything. Like, like, why would you blitz right there? Like, shut up, Chris. <laughs> um, um, we have we get some Mongo footage, which is is the redeeming quality of this entire video, where him and Kama fought and had and had the, and was the best part of last week's show by a, a country mile. Get the Bigelow promo from Sunday Night Slam, which he says, and this is a direct quote, this Easter egg is going to set you afire. <laughs> I can't believe this, this didn't do a bigger buy rate than what it got. <laughs> Back to the studio now, Vince notes that Bigelow has more to lose than LT. He's right. And I realize he's, because I have Pluto TV now. Oh, how, you find, how are you finding it? It, it's amazing. Like I, I lose track of time watching riff tracks and Prices Right and Unsolved Mysteries. It's great. But uh, speaking of, of Prices Right, like it, it occurred to me because I, I watched this in, in conjunction with my Pluto TV viewership. Vince enunciates like Bob Barker does when he's in the studio, speaking very slow so we understand every word. He just has like this very slow cadence. I wonder if he learned how to talk for TV by watching Bob Barker on Price is Right. <laughs> I think he may have. He works in the word Donnybrook, as yes! he is wont to do. Love that word. Love Donnybrook. Good Irish word. Mm -hmm. Todd notes that NFL owners are upset about this match, which I believe was the precedent that kept Pac-Man Jones from actually wrestling. <laughs> I mean, that was a point of contention in later years because... Now, Brian Urlacher, the, the future Chicago Bears linebacker and Pro Football Hall of Famer, did a spot for TNA in 2004 where he press slammed somebody to the floor. That's really all he did, I, I believe. And he, he got a lot of flack for taking part in a physical angle outside of football because, you know, they didn't want Brian Urlacher getting hurt. He was, he was the heart and soul of their defense. He was a big deal, wasn't he, old Urlacher? Like, it, there's some names that, that translate even to non-American football fans in the UK, and Brian Urlacher is one of them. Oh, yeah, he's someone that... uh. I mean, like I said, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer a few years ago, one of the best linebackers in the, or held defensive players of his era. And so, get, so getting him in TNA was a pretty big deal, even even if it was just a one appearance. But yeah, they were they were real judicious with how athletes were used going forward, where they they even have it in contracts now, where you can't do physical stuff outside of football. Like um, like, like Pac-Man Jones didn't actually wrestle; he just did like goofy stuff until he got until he tried to pin somebody. Because they don't want him to, uh, you know, get hurt. That makes sense. Because he want to protect him. Mm -hmm. One of the big linchpins for that was Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers quarterback, who almost 15 years ago was badly screwed up in a motorcycle accident because he wasn't wearing a helmet. So they actually they actually have it in players' contracts now where you can't ride motorcycles. Ah, oh, that's why. Is that where it came from? I, be I, I, I believe that's 
Like, I can't say that Roethlisberger's predicament was somehow was directly tied into Pac-Man not being able to wrestle. But it wouldn't surprise me if that was if that was partially the impetus for it. There was even not to bore you with American football too much, but there's another situation a few years back where Marcus Mariota, the, the Oregon quarterback who's from Hawaii, when he was coming to the NFL, took forever to sign his rookie deal because they wanted to put language in there that said he couldn't surf one of his big hobbies because they didn't want him getting hurt. What? But that surely put him off, right? That surely stopped think, him doing anything. I, I think they uh, they haggled a little bit on the language of it because it's like it took him forever to sign his rookie deal because he was he was being steadfast. Like, like no, I want to surf. I love doing that. Well, we don't want you to get hurt because you're a franchise quarterback. And I'm saying that's the lengths that when Pettengill says, like, you know, the owners are upset about this. That's, there may have been some truth to the fact that, you know, maybe the Packers didn't want Reggie White out there doing anything stupid that would, that would jeopardize his physical health or the Lions with Spielman. It's certainly possible. This is not like a, an exaggeration. I, I, would, I mean, even if LT was retired, he could do whatever he wanted at this point. The active players, there probably was a little bit of an issue. Very much so. I'm sure the Lions ownership group, when they see the bump that Spielman takes at Mania 11, were probably holding their breath a little bit. <laughs> bit nervous about what he's going to do. I'm, I'm certain. So we come back after a, after a break, get the fan fest ad. Vince reminds us, no one cares more about their fans than the WWF. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's that's good. I love that. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. JR is interviewing Bob Backlund, and what a weird interview this was. (laughs) Oh, this is an odd one. I think they had enough film left f- for one take because that's what we got. <laughs> All right, Bob, we need you to nail some one take. This is all we have. So, so we so we learned that um you know Razor and Brett got involved in the in the back on Jared match on the night slam. 
each protecting their, their respective investments. Backlund says, and this is a quote, I'm going to trigger a cascade of chemical reactions in the hitman's mind. It's a good quote. It is a very James good Bond quote. villain would say. And then it's going well enough for a Backlund promo. But then he mispronounced his chicken wing, saying chicken wong. Oh, that was a good... Uh, that's, you very rarely hear him slip, to be fair. Is it true they, they only had one take? I think they did. What, what it feels like. Was it, just, was it just they were in a rush? I guess they must have been. Maybe. And at the very end, JR was like, had enough of back of the yells, don't yell, at one point. That felt like... It felt like the gag reel, almost. Or the laugh take or whatever. Mm. Like, it was odd, wasn't it? It's like this is your, this is your hard sell for a make. I want to say a make or break show, but a very important show, and you're putting out this uh, amateurish stuff. It just seems, as you say, could be like a like a distinct lack of time, energy <laughs> to actually put this together. Care, care. <laughs> <laughs> Apathy is running wild, brother. <laughs> We go into the Jarrett Razor video. There's really not much to this. They just show like the Rumble match ad nauseum because there's been like almost no build in, in the week since. Except for Razor calls him back on the match against Jarrett in, in order to save his investment, save his title shot. Then back on Chicken Wings him. Jarrett and Rody help back on beat him up. And that's it. It ends with your challenger in your kind of belt getting his ass kicked by three men. It just seems like a waste of a, of, you know, why would you build a character that way? It seems so bizarre. Like, to, there's some of the booking heading into WrestleMania is so laser-focused. This, like, the, the stuff of the IC title seems so off. Like, like you're mixing, like, you're, mi you're mixing up these characters so much, and, and you're losing so much momentum through it. We've hardly seen Jarrett and Razor interact at all on Raw in these shows heading up to Mania. Like, I, I mean, yeah, Diesel, Sean, Bigelow, LT, those are your main focuses. But there's been like no like real confrontation. There's been nothing. Just Jared focusing on Diesel or Backlund or Horowitz or whoever. It's it's not good. And speaking of not good, we go back to the studio where Vincent Pettengill compared himself to Cisco and Ebert and Beavis and Butthead. Now that was quite a funny little back and forth because uh, <laughs> I don't know whether it was deliberate because Todd went, which is the thinnest one? Which is the thinnest one, Cisco or Ebert? And Vince went, Butthead. <laughs> was kind of, I want to see Vince on whose line is it anyway just to see how long it takes him to get flustered I'm not, sure, I'm not sure improvising is a strong suit <laughs> although I did agree with the butthead comment Yeah, they're basically half riffing here they're kind of just killing time we get a taker promo in some corridor like next to the janitor's closet so this is high class stuff I will say the way they filmed him from below, he looked extra scary, like more so than usual. Yeah, I, I, little things like that really make a difference, like the way in which they film it. Hello, Granny. <laughs> Hello, Granny. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think of now. <laughs> all elite Scooby-Doo. <laughs> That's how I'm going to address you. <laughs> that should be take your thing in retirement, just, just, just reading bizarre. Actually, Matthew has had... Matthew has to get in the read-up botch for Botchamania now. Do you, yeah. Oh, that would be that would be fun. I hope he does. I, I'd be upset with him if he ignores it because it's a, it's a it's an open goal. <laughs> it's an absolute open goal. What the hell would Taker read? 
like, this is the story of the brawl for all. <laughs> they booked it as such when they gave Dr. Dent the 300000 in advance. So they had to pay more money out to the winner, and they didn't even get the winner they wanted. He has to do it in character from his home. <laughs> While Michelle does like Pilates in the background. <laughs> Can, or, I, can a dog? Can a dog run in? I want a dog to run in. <laughs> yes. Anything, anything could happen. Just take your semi-in character, trying to keep a straight face. <laughs> I love Household Undertaker. It's great. Oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? I like. I just. I know. He's such such deep joy. Such deep <laughs> joy. I mean, him and his wife are making a uh, TikToks together. They seem happy. That's all that matters. Yeah. Exactly. Let the guy be happy. Let the guy oh, retire in peace. Because he's done his... Rest in peace. Because he's chilled now. He's kicking back. He's done his bit. I did enjoy the, the TikTok that Michelle did where she was doing an Undertaker impression with the light off. And then Undertaker turns the light on and goes, what are you doing? I, I, I know her... At least her on-screen hometown was Palatka, Florida. I wish they had a house there. So we could so have an internet series called Retired in Palatka. <laughs> I would watch R.I.P. <laughs> same, mate, same. So we go to a Brett promo. JR interviewing him. Says he's been waiting so long for this. Owen's going to be sorry he did all the things he did. And he hopes back on his watching. Short and to the point. Well delivered. Well delivered. Uh, Brett, Brett's yeah, promo was good here. Sometimes he can be a, a bit flat. In my opinion, in my opinion only, in my opinion only, uh, but here I thought he was very good. We gotta understand he's working with Owen, so he's definitely up for it. He's up for it, yeah. He's he's in the he's in the zone tonight, which is good to see. So we come to our one match on this show, and what a match it is: Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, no holds barred, which is appropriate wow. given I mentioned before with the loss of Tiny Lister. This is not that no holds barred. This is a different no holds barred, and it, and it feels big because it's not in like a if feels like it's not in a sports like gymnasium like this feels like a big deal because it's in a much bigger venue simple but it's true well it is the same building where Rawls been the last few weeks stock in california really because it looks different yes it's the same building this is the stock memorial auditorium oh well i stand corrected <laughs> to the guy in well, orthopedic have... shoes it looks different to me Maybe just having JR and Monsoon on commentary for it gave it a little more gravitas. Mm. Good. I mean, I see your point. I mean, it, it, it didn't feel smallish like Liberty New York High School, but. So, but I guess if it feels weird in my notes just putting Brett versus Owen for an episode of Raw. Like, it just feels like you're thinking like Brett versus, you know, Frankie Lancaster or. And, or Bobby Night Pigeon or something. Just like some, some, some weird job. Bobby Night from Pigeon. <laughs> John, draw Bobby Night Pigeon. Use your imagination. <laughs> so Owen jumps in before the bell. Brett takes over, and there's a lot of slugging it out here. This is not a scientific match by any means. These are two brothers who've hated each other for a year, and it's all really boiled over now. Like the, the, This has a true final confrontation feel to it. And, and Brett's letting it all hang out. He, he's being Owen so badly that when he's choking Owen on the top rope, he does that move where you push the rope out and pull it back to thrust him toward the middle of the ring. Brett does it with such exuberance, he falls backwards. 
That was good. That was good. Monsoon Colesman says, Excellence of Execution, showing us where he got that name. Little note there. It was Monsoon who gave him the name Excellence of Execution way back when. Ah. Nice little nod to his contribution to Brett's career. On the floor, Owen hits the steps, and he hits the steps hard. He really just just smashes into them, doesn't he? Might have just made a nice echo when he smacked into it, but you got the impression that Owen may have bruised something hitting these stairs. It just it just it made a nasty noise as he hit as well. Like he was he really went for it. Brett is handing him his ass at this point. They actually fight through the curtain, and I'm thinking, like, oh, we're gonna fight somewhere in this building, but then they don't. They come back out ten seconds later. The camera never even followed them because it's not the attitude area yet. I was hoping to see like just some fight at the cafeteria or something. I thought that, but yeah, I thought they they missed, but they, it would have been uh, way ahead of its time to have a brawl that goes to the back like that. But it was still, it still felt like a, a, a big, heavy hitting match where they were fighting into the back of the stage area, then came back the other way. Oh yeah, it is different for the time period. And then with, and then with tears in his eyes, the chef told me he'd never seen someone throw a tray of croutons like that before. <laughs> So there's like almost no science to this match at all. It's just a brawl, which I love that because when you see like you hear about hardcore matches today, you see guys like, you know, get, who are getting all their stuff in all their spots in anyway. Like this is just it's distinct from a Bret Hart technical wrestling match. He's just fighting him and owner just fighting each other. I mean, yeah, moves get involved later on, but for a while, it's just a scrap and a violent one at that. So back in. Brett finally starts going to the moves to try and sufficiently wear Owen down. Goes for the backbreaker. Owen goes to his eyes there to stop it. Good counter. Gets the Enzugiri for two. Back on the floor. Brett gets smashed into the steps. Ah, turn, turning the tables. And then he gets smashed in the rail a few times, and I realize the raw table has vanished. <laughs> what? Where's it gone? It's like on attitude when someone gets smashed through a table and, and the table slowly fades away. <laughs> it must have happened at some point. It just, it just never, it just never rematerialized. I'm pretty sure it did. I'm pretty sure it used to happen on No Mercy when you went through the announce table, it would just disappear. Pretty sure it did. Actually, I think the modern games even do that if you can get through the bugginess to even get to a table spot. Mm. <laughs> oh, and where's the chin lock after the break? He must have invented the worker wrestle following the commercial break spot. It's the first time I've seen it on this damn show. I know that. <laughs> it was. I mean, it but, made sense, and it and it might be you know whether I doubt it was the first time, but it certainly makes sense to do it that way. Oh yeah, you know, you know, you don't go to break the run like oh here's a pinfall day was. We come back in the middle of a missile drop kick. Mm. We'll be back. This. <laughs> so we go. So we get a spot where Brett goes for a crucifix and gets a two count. And I realize he probably wouldn't want that finish even if he got it. Because this is a fight to the death, basically. And it's like, why would you want to win a fight to the death with some sort of pinning combination where you hold a conscious man down long enough to pin him? You want to beat him senseless, don't you? You'd have thought so. That's the one little nitpick I had here. But who am I to criticize these two? Yeah, I think their match is so pulper. good that we, we do find ourselves having to go right into the weeds to find something. Oh, yeah. And like I said, us criticizing these two is like, you know, it's like going to a museum and, 
and, and criticizing Da Vinci. I can't even call it inside the lines properly. Um, so Owen removes a turnbuckle pad, but then he gets smashed into it. A lot of irony in this match. Brett goes into the five moves of Doom. Gets a nice pile driver on Owen. Spikes him. Tries with a sharpshooter. Owen goes to the eyes. And then Brett, in the time-honored tradition of the spot that he does better than anybody else, gets sent chest first into the exposed buckle and flies backwards. Why can nobody do that as good as Brett can? It's been a quarter century, more than that. Why can no one do that bump? It's just, it's his bump, isn't it? It's his bump. No one does it like he does. Hit the buckle and just, and just recoil like he just got shot. <laughs> he did it so well. So well. Owen goes up top, goes for the missile drop kick. Brett kind of catches the feet. Slingshots Owen into the buckle, then the, the firmly knock him out. Puts him in the sharpshooter, and Owen gives up immediately. Didn't even fight it. Problem I, is, Brett's good. I was going to say, I thought there might be a little bit more to it. I was surprised. Like I know it was a brutal match, but I was surprised as to how relatively quick the finish came around. I thought psychologically that maybe Owen's trying to save himself a little bit for the uh, for the tag title match. He can't get too hurt. But then it's out of his hands anyway because Brett keeps the sharpshooter applied. Will not let go. Referees come in. They're yelling at Brett to release the hold. Nice close-up of, of Owen screaming. We see he brushes his teeth a lot. Practices good oral hygiene. Because we were that close that his teeth couldn't see even a speck of yellow. And finally, after more than a minute, Brett, let's go with the hold. That was a fun match. That was a great TV match. Like a good, fun, hard-hitting TV match heading into WrestleMania. And I know what you say about how... Owen needed a, was looking for a championship win at WrestleMania 11. God, if this had been on the card at Mania, it would have it would have certainly changed some of the uh, the feeling about WrestleMania. Oh yeah, it would have been. Just have Brett finish backing off on TV and then, and then, and then finish Owen off. Owen can get his belt down the line. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, but I um, I I still think my idea would still be that have this at wrestlemania but have owen beat him and have it become the thing that on the biggest stage every time they face each other owen somehow beats him until eventually where brett wins but i love the idea like a year on from the the big the big loss in brett's life to his brother owen they go again and brett loses again like the, the can you imagine how how much of an ass owen would have been about that um it's you gotta move on sooner or later, don't you? I know, but still, like, eventually, yeah. Then you do like in my fantasy booking head, you'd have that at eleven, have Owen beat him, but then it's SummerSlam. Then you can have Brett beat Owen. Then I think. I, I think you would have Brett go over at Mania anyway, just to keep him strong through the year. So when he gets the belt back from the Alien Diesel, you know, he's he's in a strong enough spot to transition back to Sean. It's. It's just how many times can Owen beat Brett? You know, it's, it's Brett had the win. We get an ad with Jonathan Taylor Thomas when, when he was on Home Improvement. He's plugging all his projects. He's got Home Improvement. He's got The Lion King. He's the voice of young Simba. Man of the House, the movie he did with Chevy Chase when Chevy's star was really falling. No offense to Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He says he'll be there doing interviews. And that's pretty much that. There you go. Short and sweet Monday Night Raw. And as you say, in terms of quality of wrestling, the best 
of the flipping year <laughs> because it was one very good match. Well, there's still more to come. We have an LT promo. Mm. Oh, yes, of course we do. Of course we do. So LT has been interesting in promos because he just comes across incredibly <laughs> heelish all the time. <laughs> so LT's talking about how Coach Bill Parcells is praising for his motor. I won't deny that. LT had a great motor. And, and, and how it's going to be his um, it's going to be his key to being Bigelow Mania. And then he says, and I, and I believe this is a direct quote, if I win, I shut him up. If I lose, it's the way it goes. I like it. It's 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 pretty pretty crap, and it reminds me that this should have been Mongo. If I lose, the money's the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting paid either way. I am bothered. If I lose, whatever. I'm sleeping in on Monday. <laughs> I wish we could see, see Mongo doing this. Hey, you got rocks in your head, baby, if you think you're beating me. <laughs> Out of it, so much better. Come on. I know, I know I know, we had the big conversation about it, and I won't go back into it, but the idea that like, Mongo, to me, was somebody that gravitated so much better to this role. And 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 I get why Lawrence Taylor was a bigger name, and, and it was and it was a, 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 a pop culture moment to have him there. I get all that. I do. So I get why they've gone with it. But still, part of me goes, Damn! Right, here he is. I tell you what we're gonna do. Off the, and I'm just hitting, I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head. Right, mm -hmm. let's look at the WrestleMania card, WrestleMania 11 card. That we're, okay. that we're gonna talk about in the new year, and let's let's reimagine it. Let's do like a dream reimagining of the WrestleMania 11 card. Okay, so you're not allowed okay. to you're not allowed to mess around with like the the main players we can't just it's sting you can't do that like you've got to play you've got to play with the cards that you've got you got to play with the hand that you're dealt you can sure. move a couple of pieces around because so what i'm saying is for me um is is to put diesel and sean on top have bigelow and mongo as a match underneath <laughs> you laugh you but it's true it'd be better have bigelow and mongo and or or better yet do we even do we even just bin off that whole idea and do Bigelow Undertaker? No, we have to do it. We, we could. Uh, um, Bigelow Undertaker would be like, so instead of instead of Lawrence, instead of having a footballer, but instead of Bigelow trying to shut up a footballer, he's trying to diff, he's trying to take out the Undertaker. Because I feel like he's a more intimidating threat. Well, I mean, we, we've already gone down that path of doing Bigelow versus LT. I, I, we can't really stray from that. Okay, how's this then? How is this, right? How's this? Mm. Let's open our mind really wide, right? Oh boy. Undercard, it is Bigelow, but it's against the Undertaker. Lawrence Taylor and his all pro team are in forces. To 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 stop the million dollar team. So you're still doing the same thing, and you're getting a match with Bigelow and Taker. You can have LT do the big shoulder block off the top and have that WrestleMania moment. I will only accept this if Undertaker wears a helmet to the ring. Of course he will. <laughs> with, with, the, with the hat over top of it. Oh, I, I want the and he'll be led out by the team as like the smoke billows everywhere with everybody all geared up. That is. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> now that that's and then and then you have, um, you you do Brett and Owen. You do Brett and Owen, and. We're not. In, we can't do triple threats yet, can we? Because otherwise, I'd say I'd say Chuck Backlund in there somewhere. Um, 
Brett and Owen. Then we've still got Bob to play with. I would probably... Oh, Bob and Yokozuna. Bob and Yokozuna. There you go. Bob Backlund said he's gone and found himself a plebeian that is ginormous in 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 girthification and he's going to become the championship <laughs> girthification um bundy he's lost his match with taker but he's on the he's on the million dollar team so he's ringside he'll be fine with that uh that's those are my subtle tweaks to the card what have you got okay well, i have a i have a good mental reimagining here of how the show is going to go because eh, i always prefer the man that other means that had more matches on it just because, like, a, I grew up with, like, Manias 5, 6, and 7. He's had, like, 14 matches. So I have a Mania here because I challenged myself with 12 matches. Kind of found that old formula a bit. Of course, yeah, you, I mean, you have some short ones in there somewhere. You know, just for, like, you know, you know, just, like, you know, go between between big matches. But this is what I would do. Keep Bigelow LT. Keep Sean Diesel. Keep Taker Bundy. Keep Razor Jarrett. Is that all I'm keeping? I'm trying to think now. There's one other match that I, I, I don't think I changed. No, I, I, actually, yeah, those are the uh, those are the four: Big Lou LT, Sean Diesel, um, Taker Bundy, Razor Jerry. Yeah, okay. So you keep those four. You don't change them. You do Brett versus Owen. No holds barred match. So we've already improved the, the card slightly. As for as for the tag title match, you do smoking guns versus men on a mission because you've been building to that. Yeah. It only makes sense to of do that. Of course. Yes. Guns and mission. Guns and mission. That's a much better offer than fucking Backland and Yoko. Well, yeah. <laughs> then, as for Yoko, he has not returned to TV yet, but you can return him. Have him squash Adam Bomb. Oh, nice. That's one of your shorties. Good. Now, for the other matches that we've uh, – actually, for the other match that we haven't uh, monkeyed with, you take Luger out of the opening tag match, and you put him with Tatanka in the strap match, as was originally planned. Okay. As for Davey Boy, you put him with Backlund one-on-one in like a little five- or six-minute match. So that's nine matches so far. That leaves three more. Eli and Jacob Blue can face the head shrinkers, just a, a, a brutal, hard-hitting four-man match. And then you throw in two more matches to make the show even better. Women's title, Lunder Blaze versus Bull Nakano. Because they're doing on Raw the next night anyway. And just to sweeten up the work rate portion of the card, one, two, three, kid and Bob Holly versus the Heavenly Bodies. Oh, sweet. Can we put that on Prodigy? Can yeah, that be I the mean, virtual match on Prodigy? I'll do it on TNM later, so I'll tell you how it goes. <laughs> yes, yes. I have to say... Um, I think your card is much better than mine, where I just went, give us Brett and Owen and Team Yoko with Bob Backlund. It does feel more Mania-like, I yours, think. Yours feels much more Mania-like, and that feels like a bigger deal. I like that. See how easy was that? Vince? Bellend? How easy was that? <laughs> Although, if John can draw Yokozuna in Girthification class, I would, appre I would appreciate that very much. Yes, please, John. Thank you, John. Merry Christmas, John. If you could, that'd be great. Thank you very much. So, hey, look, unfortunately, we don't get either of our cards. We get something completely different. Uh, WrestleMania 11. So this is how the WrestleMania 11 card properly shakes down. Allied Powers versus the Blue Brothers. 
That is the, sort of the, uh, the arrival of the of Lex and Bulldog as a team. <laughs> uh, Razor Ramon and Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental yeah. Championship. That's all right, isn't it? It's all right. Yeah, yeah. Undertaker versus King Kong Bundy. Uh, Owen Hart and a mystery partner. We've spoiled it already. Uh, versus yeah. the Smoking Guns for the tag team titles. The best moment of the show came from that match. Oh, good, good, good. Bret Hart and Yoke, uh, Bret Hart and Bob Backlund in an I Quit match. Uh, Diesel and Bret Shawn Carter's Michaels. Worst match ever, and he might be right. Oh, is it really? Excellent. That's what Bret says. Diesel and Shawn for the uh, WWF Championship. Good. And bizarrely, on top of it all, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor. Better than you'd think. Yeah. Well, we, you know what? We'll find out in 2021 when the <laughs> first episode back from the Coltolic Classic War Review is us watching <laughs> WrestleMania I, 11. I should point out real fast that there is an end promo here from the Million Dollar Corporation where Bigelow promises to make the LT into a BLT. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I like that. I forgot that as well. A little a little, little nugget of a line lost in the shuffle somewhere. You bring in the wooden skewers and start putting them through. <laughs> Amazing. Sounds good, actually. Yeah, sounds good. John? Right now, I'm hungry. Thanks. <laughs> and, and it's there. It is almost we... lunchtime here in my, in my time zone. Well, it's time for you to go and get lunch because that is that is indeed the end of our time together for the Cold Toilet Classic Raw Review for 2020. Have you had a lovely year, Justin? <laughs> what a weird <laughs> thing to say. Well, well, let's see. Did anything bad happen in 2020? Nah, um, pretty standard. Nah, it was, I'd say it was pretty good all year round. I can't think of anything dire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a miserable year, but we got through it. We a lot of us. We, and we certainly did, mate. We certainly hopefully did. better times are ahead. Fingers crossed. Uh, at this point, as I say, we are we are shuttering the Classic Raw review until next year. But you will hear Justin Henry on Monday. I know, you lucky sausage. Uh, the the Cultaholic Watch Along Us begins on Monday. From Monday all the way up to Christmas Day, every single day, you are watching some new awful wrestling with myself, Matthew Gregg, Justin Henry, or a combination of two of us and a mystery guest. Who are those mystery guests? Well, they're some of the friends of ours from the Cultaholic Classic Raw and SmackDown Review. And you never know who else will pop up. I guess we'll find out from Monday, won't we? Are you looking forward to watching some awful oh. wrestling, Justin? Mm, not really, but you guys make it a little bit better. Oh, you flatter us. You flatter us. You're the sugar that makes the antifreeze go down. <laughs> and it's on that bombshell that we wrap up 2020 with he is justin henry he is at jrh writing on twitter i am at tom campbell on twitter together we are at Coldsaholic on twitter happy christmas see you in 2021 or on monday <gasps> wrestlemania 11's gonna suck love you bye 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic Wrestling News.